Wow, it's been a long time since I've done this, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's your boy, the Black Diamond, the professional wrestling scene, Nick. Or sometimes Black Diamond, whichever. It's a change with these days, you know. But <laughs> I haven't done this in a while, and boy, have I had a lot to get off my chest. And I'm going to do a little bit of that in this episode, and as well as highlight people like I usually do. I think I put this off way too long, and it's time to get back to it. Um, again, for those who are new, I don't really speak on, you know, national promotions like the WWE or the AEW, what have you. Um, I try to highlight people within the independent wrestling industry, and also speak a little bit about mental health, and um, just release things that have been on my mind, um, get them off my chest. I find it's the most cathartic thing you can do, and, you know, I try to be, I guess you could say nice about it, but at the same time, I'm not worried about what someone likes or they don't like. I'm, I'm my own person, I'm a grown man, it, it is what it is, if you don't like it, don't like it I'm still breathing anyway it doesn't matter so sit back relax and enjoy this return edition of the on the scene podcast so what's been on my mind what do I have to get off my chest well it's this situation since from years and I mean years um, started way back in 2016 um, it involves an individual by the name of Ken Dixon and um, um, I'll, I'll kind of start by talking about when I saw him at a wrestling event it was um, Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment um, AWE. It was January 2016. Um, he had a tag match with his partner. I believe his partner was Joe Keys. And um, to be quite frank, he wasn't good. He shit the bed. He was nasty to fans, and not just in the heel way. He was just a piece of shit. And um, you know, for me, I like to give people benefit of doubt. Maybe it was an off day. Who knows? Um, he sent me a friend request on Facebook. So, you know, I added him on. I didn't think anything of it. Um, in that year, I um, I was in the wrestling business already, but just behind the scenes. Um, nothing in front. No one even knew I was involved. Um but um, I was in graduate school um, completed well I was on the way to completing my degree um, had to take a exam the national counselor exam NCE hard as hell um, talk about dedicating yourself to studying I, I practically bolted myself in a room read the um Encyclopedia Counseling front and back several times over. 
because um, I wanted to pass this test. It cost cost a little over three about three hundred and fifty dollars, I believe. Um, put my money out there for that. Also had to pay for the exit exam. We had to take an exit exam. That was another one hundred fifty dollars. Um, I was doing an internship at the time, which was really below you know financial means. I got paid on my internship, which was fortunate, but still. Um, not the greatest pay. Um, really, it was making no more than you would maybe at a working as a cashier at a Kroger or Publix or something. It wasn't nothing to write home about or even really pay bills. Um, but I saved what I could and I did the best I can because, you know, that's all you can do in those situations. Well, um, I had opportunity during this time as well to do narrative therapy in Holland and also travel to Paris, France. And, um, boy, I can't for the life of me remember how much the trip cost. It was, uh, 30, yeah, around $3,500, not to mention I had to buy a passport. Um, I took what leftover money I had from, um, my student loan, money I had saved up from work, um, all those things, and I came up with, I was short $400, $400, separating me and this trip, which was needed for my career, future, resume, everything, you name it, um, I, it was kind of. It wasn't one of those things where I can put it off. I I had to do this. I had to do it. I had to go. Um, so some friends told me, "Hey, why don't you start a GoFundMe?" I was reluctant. I didn't want to do that. I'm like, that's eh, not really. I'm not the. At the time, I said, thinking ignorantly, my wrong choice of words at the time. But I said, I'm not the GoFundMe type type of person. I you know I try to work hard and all this not to dismiss people that do like I said that was a bad word choice at the time there are a lot of hard-working people who had to set a GoFundMe because shit happens is some people working two two jobs and still can barely make ends meet is this you know that's how it is in life in America right now in other parts of the world um so reluctantly I did a GoFundMe just asked for help um didn't promote it a ton, but I promoted, you know, just enough. Um, fortunately, um, one of the people who would go to rescue events, they donated the entire thing. And I told them, oh, you don't need me to pay you back, anything like that. I said, it'll take me maybe, you know, six months or so, but I can, I'll pay you back. They told me not to worry about it. It was a GoFundMe, and they just want to, you know, give back to me, help me out, because I helped them out. I was like, okay, if you're sure, cool. I'll do that. Um, paid for the trip, all this stuff. Um, and I mentioned my test earlier, too, because it ties into the story. Um, I took the uh, NCE to the exam, get the results in the mail, which is an agonizing three long weeks. Feels like the longest weeks of your life because you're just pent up with so much anxiety. You're like, did I pass? Did I fail? Um, my school, they have it on computer, but my school opted for the paper test. So that's why we had to wait so long, which was absolute fucking torture. But 
dead results passed. I put on Facebook, I said, you know what, now I want to make it my mission to have a Jack and Coke. Never had that at that point. And I know some people may laugh, but my background, my family, we didn't really do a lot of drinking. I don't have any like experience in bars and stuff like that. Even to this day, if I go to a bar, I don't know what to ask for. I'll just say, oh, okay, uh, Bud Lighter. So I don't know. I've just seen Jack and Coke and movies and stuff. And I'm like, I want to try that. And I'm posting on Facebook. Ken Dixon never really interacted with me after accepting his friend request. Never said much. He takes that time to say something on that post. He states, and I quote, um, why don't you start a GoFundMe for that? Yeah. Real petty, stupid, stupid thing to say. He then, he deletes the comment and then unfriends me. But the thing is, my friend, I didn't screenshot this. My friend actually screenshot it because for whatever reason, sometimes on Facebook, even if you delete something, it still can appear like for either a few minutes or something like that. Even if someone deleted it, it still shows up on there. Um, so he screenshots that, puts it in the AEW group, or AWE group, sorry. And um, too many, so many letters in wrestling, Jesus. But the AWE um, group page. And um, he, I, again, I didn't initiate or do anything. I didn't do anything. Friend took a screenshot. He posted in the um, AWE group page. And they roasted Ken Dixon and the entire page, the group. And they remember how he was in January. Um, you know, and ultimately it led to them not doing business with him anymore. So for years, he wasn't back in Atlanta doing anything. Never apologized about anything, nothing. So like, you know, whatever it is, what it is. Um, fast forward a few years later, like a year later, um, whenever someone would, you know, post something with me on Instagram or whatever, he would like the picture, he would like the post, he would like the comment, and it, if it involved me. He even started following me on Twitter. He sent me a friend request again on Facebook. I said, you know what, whatever, I'll accept it. You know, he's never said anything to me directly, like to apologize, or something like that. Hey, whatever. I, I let it go. Okay, let's be friends again on Facebook. Let's follow each other on Twitter. I did that. Um, in 2020, when I started having, you know, all the issues with Matt Griffin, who I spoke about in this podcast before, all these things, and all his squad of people trying to just say the nastiest, worst things about me. A lot of these people never, ever met me a day in their life. And then the others who would always praise me, oh, what a wonderful person C. Nick is. But when another some someone says, when another person says something, they have to be more popular. You go with that person, guys. That's how internet works, I guess, right? But anyway, when he starts posting stuff about me, I notice on Twitter Ken Dixon unfollows me. Then he starts talking shit about me on Matt Griffin's tweet. He said, oh, that same scenic that, every, that who's, um, who has a disability and everyone is supposed to be nice to him because of it. 
saying something like that. So he starts getting in there, and then Matt Griffin and him start talking. And eventually, it leads to him getting booked at Action Wrestling. Funny how that works. If you join the I Hate Seeing It Club, you get a booking at Action Wrestling. Go figure whether you're good or not uh, in the ring. So, you know, does that. I don't hear or see that he's there ever again. Um, you know, I un- I unfollowed him and all that. It doesn't have nothing to do with him. I unfriended him on Facebook. I said, you know what? You feel this way? You know, fuck you. Whatever. Goodbye. Um, whenever someone would shit post about me, even into 2021, he would still like, comment, all this stuff as if I hurt this guy. He even said back in 2020 that I'm the reason that I took a booking away from him. I got him fired. Now, let me mention this. Um, let's go back to 2018. Wrestlers Laboratory, New Jersey. He's on that show. I'm on that show. I see him in the locker room. He walks up to me. He looks scared. Shakes my hand. I was all right. I sh- shook his hand. I was professional. We go about our business. See him again. Bandit Wrestling, tw- December 2018. Again, shakes my hand. I had to interview him. No, I'm sorry, August 2018. Shakes my hand again. I had to interview him. Um, did the interview. We're good. No issue, right? So this guy, if he had all these issues with me, I'm the one who ruined his chances in Georgia. I'm not the biggest guy in the world. I'm not in the gym every day. Yeah, I got, I got my right leg, but it's not good. Why is he scared of me? Why is he saying anything to my face if he has a problem with me? Let me tell you about this man, and I use the term man loosely. This man suffers from what I call bitch-ass syndrome. B-A-S, bitch-ass syndrome. He's a fucking bitch. He's a pussy. He has no backbone. He has no manhood in him. He's one of these guys that tries to leech on to you, latch on, because it seems like it's the popular, cool thing to do, and it can help him and his chances. And if the wind changes, oh yeah, fuck this guy because X, Y, Z, although I wouldn't say that to his face. Really. And now, you know, I'm seeing things out there, some incident happening, I think, late September, early October, uh, where he tried to beat up a 12-year-old who made a statement, Ken Dixon, in his mouth. You know, a 12-year-old. I mean, when I was 12, I made little smart, crappy comments and stuff. That's why, hell, when I was 12, DX was so cool to me. You know? (laughs) So, again, a 12-year-old. He tried to fight the damn kid. And now he's pretty much banned from wrestling. Doesn't have a Twitter account anymore. Probably is not on Facebook now. Probably got arrested, more than likely. Because um, you saw the kid, yeah, chances are your ass is going to jail. So, I say this to tell you all in wrestling, if you listen to this, you're new in wrestling, whatever, you're established. If you read, everybody wants to make it, whatever they endeavor. But you do not have to be a shit human being to make it. That's not how you make it. You see what he tried to do with me, and I'm sure some other people, 
You see his career going, progressing, and it's doing great right now? No, you don't. The man is an unspoken word now. You know, and it just shows you that no matter what your beliefs are, you're Christian, atheist, whatever, things come back to haunt you. When you try to go out here and put on a mask and all this stuff and do your little shit and dirty work, you always end up getting exposed for who you really are. He got exposed for being a piece of shit that he is. And he's paying for it. Now, am I sitting back and glee and all this kind of stuff? Absolutely not. I don't want anybody ruined. Do I want justice for myself? Absolutely, I do. I'm human. Who hell would like someone lying on them and talking crap about them? Nobody would like that. But I'm not sitting back saying, oh, I can't wait for this to happen to him. No. I'm not Nostradamus. I couldn't predict nothing like this. Him fighting a 12-year-old at a Virginia Championship Wrestling event. Um, look it up. But um, it just goes to show you again, don't, you, don't be a shit person. You'll make it. It seems like a hard climb and you see other people doing shit things and they, and they look like they're making it. No, they're not. No, they are not. Those people have a hard fall coming their way because you always get back what you put out in this world. And yeah, unfortunately, the hard work part, yeah, it does take a moment. But there always someone, there's always someone watching. There's always someone who sees that effort. You will be rewarded. Do right. Do the right thing. No matter what you believe, do the right thing. Do what's right. Don't be like these people who are being shit human beings thinking that's going to get them ahead in life. Look how far behind it puts them. Look how far behind it's putting him. He'll never have a wrestling career again. A 38-year-old man trying to fight a 12-year-old. And I'm sure, knowing him, the kind of, you know, man he is, and I use that term once again loosely, a man who, a quote-unquote man who suffers from bitch-ass syndrome, 12-year-old probably handed him his ass. So, you know, please, y'all, do right. Don't be a shit-ass person. Don't. It's not worth it. These little dirty things you do to other people, it always comes back to haunt you, and other people see you for who you are, and it comes crashing down on you. And now I'm not quoting a Hulk Hogan theme, <laughs> but stuff does come back to you tenfold every single time. Karma definitely is a bitch. You reap what you sow. Try to sow the right seeds in life. Right now, I just want to put someone on a pedestal. Someone who warrants to be in that in that conversation um and they haven't they haven't been in the business that long too and i want to talk about august artois um again usually i like to talk about people who i've met because i want to see how they are in person you know what they're about um so this one's a rare one i hope i don't live to regret it but <laughs> from what i've seen i see that he 
his ass off. He works hard. He tries to get better each time in the ring, on his promos, you name it. Um, he puts in the work and he adds value to a show. He makes himself valuable. And that's kind of those one of those intangibles that more promoters should look for and a lot of wrestlers should aspire to have. It's not always about what you can do in the ring. Sometimes you can just have the basis together and if you have that personality that's like, oh, I want to pay money to see this guy get beat up or I want to pay money to see him win and kick ass, that's, that's half the battle. That's awesome. And he has that. And I really think he's only, what, two years in? Um, yeah, there's always room for improvement things to work on. But from what I'm seeing, you know, if I were starting something up, like a regional promotion, you know, territory, whatever, I would have him in that forefront because he's worth investing in. Um, again, those intangibles, he has that. Um, he knows business. I haven't heard anything from people, and I do ask around, trust me, y'all, I do I do my investigation. <laughs> I haven't heard where he's been, you know, bad with doing business with. Um, the worst thing I've ever heard about him is that um, some people, I think with his personality, people don't understand that he's working. And sometimes this business, a lot of boys, they don't get that. Um, that he's just working, he's being a character. Sometimes we're getting a character as soon as we walk through that building or on the way to the show. And, you know, and he's part of that with him. That's the August turned all the way up. And some people don't know how to take that. But, again, the guy is doing his part not half-assing in the ring, which I've never seen him do. He's put in the work. Putting in some miles now. Glad to see him get out there. Um, and he makes you want to pay to pay to see him get beat up. That's a guy you need to be talking to promoters. That's a guy you need to invest in. That's who you want to have on your show. And I see good things for him in the coming year. Um, I really do hope some great things happen for him. Things keep picking up for him. Um, I like what I see in him. So, you all, if you haven't already, invest in August Artois. Guy promotes. He has a mind for this business on the merchandise and promotion side, as well as being a wrestler. You know, what a concept, right? So, this has been On the Pedestal, once again, talking about August Artois. Follow him on all the socials. Um, He has a podcast of his own now, um, which is really good, entertaining. Um, Support the man. Until next time, you all. truth about life is that no matter what you do if you're trying to do everything the best you can 
you're still going to be targeted, attacked, vilified. Just be the pure villain, the devil in someone else's story. Because they want to do whatever they can to make you look evil. To make themselves seem like they're the victim and everything. And you're the big bad wolf. I want to tell you all this. Is it frustrating? Absolutely. No doubt about it. I want you to know that as cookie cutters as might sound, don't change your ways because of other people. If you're doing things, if you're doing right by people, if you are putting good into the world, keep doing it. The truth is always out there. The truth will eventually be known. All you have to do is keep doing things as you always have been. Be kind. Be supportive. Work hard. Don't let these people stop you. Some people want to be want to be roadblocks for you. When honestly, what you have to do in life is make them stepping stones. Step over all of that on to the next progress in life be the man or woman you're meant to be that's what you have to do persist pursue don't give up even when it's hard I know for me sometimes being able to just vent helps me clear my head and get things off my chest this podcast even I want you all to find your source Someone who is objective, not a snitch. (laughs) Someone who's going to hear you out, who's going to listen to you, who's going to give you feedback. Just be a listening ear, even. That's what we all need in life. If you have that person, cherish them, value them, rely on them. Until next time, you all, this has been Scene Nick with the Unseen Podcast.